guys, welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we are talking about episodes 11 and 12 of season 3 of Gilmore Girls. But before we do that, uh, we ha- we want to talk. <laughs> yes, how are you? No, I'm kidding. Um, we, <laughs> wanted to, we wanted to talk about something that I read. Um, so last week I finished um, this book... Uh, all about the pop culture influence of the Brady Bunch. Um, I believe Eleni included it in a little Instagram story highlight that she made of book recommendations. So you can find it there. It's called uh, The Way We All Became the Brady Bunch by Kimberly Potts. Yeah, I was asking people what they were reading um, because I wanted to know. (laughs) And I wanted, as if I don't have enough shit on my to-read file. I know. What is someone else reading? I was in a little bit of a book rut, actually. Did you find so? Did you find any good any good uh, recommendations? Yeah, but I mean, like, it's one of those. I'm sure you've gone through it, Mm -hmm. where you finish books and you're like, okay, it was good, but not great. And like, I want something great, but what do I want? I like the concept of this. I want something similar, but not the same. Yeah. My God. It's like what you want is doesn't really exist. So. I know, I know. Like I, I've been coming off a bunch of, I don't know, like two star ratings for me, where I was like super disappointed because I thought I was gonna love it, mm-hmm. and then reading books that are like, eh, I mean, they're not great, but they're not like terrible. I don't know what I want anymore. I know, honestly. I, I, tell me what you're reading. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I've had a lot. I've had like. A really hard time reading fiction this year just because yeah. you know it's hard to I don't know it's it's just been hard for me to focus on fiction and like just it does it just doesn't take my mind off of you know this dumpster fire of a year yeah. so I've been reading a lot of nonfiction, and when the library was closed I was charging a lot of new books to my credit card and honestly looking back I don't regret any of it because a lot of them a lot of them were five star reads, and if they weren't, they were four star. And so, like, I picked them based on like what I what I knew I would like and what I knew I was looking for in that moment. It wasn't just like, oh, I, I think I'm gonna like that. I'm gonna buy this. It was like I gave it a lot of thought. So I'm like, you know what? It was worth it. Well, I'm glad for you, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I've been also reading a lot of nonfiction, and I just I'm like I had to pause reading this one nonfiction because it was too much. Hmm. It's called, um, I posted it also, it's called Hello, I Want to Die, Please Fix Me. I was going to add that to my list about, like, a year ago. Um, I actually saw it in a bookstore. Remember actually going into bookstores? Wow. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a little too dark for me, but is I it? I mean, it's, it's definitely good, and it's worth reading, because she also talks about, she doesn't only talk about her personal experience, like, she made, uh, she tried to to kind of... I only know the word in French, so I'm not going to say it. But she tried to make sense of this really crazy mental health system that we have in Canada, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is the same thing in the States, like all the hoops you have to jump through and like how people get left behind and whatever. But it's just so fucking depressing. <laughs> yeah. What's it's the word in French? It's definitely worth it, but, you know. Yeah. What What's the word in French? Uh, I want to say décortiqué. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what that translates to. Okay. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, parse through. I don't know what. Anyways, it's fine. Uh, we we got our point across without using French. Um, but yeah, so I was in a little bit of a book rut, and I posted that. And so I posted the two books that we were reading, and then everyone, I invited everyone to post what they were reading, and I added some stuff to my my book pile. 
So it helped in one sense. Yes and no, because now I'm going to get the reader. Yeah, it didn't help in the other sense of now you've got even more crap on your list. Yep, but uh, soon. But you know what? I've gotten very good at um, going through my list mm-hmm. and kind of letting go. <laughs> You, like, you're, you've always been really good at that because you usually add a lot of books at once and then you go back like a few days later and you're like, what What was I thinking? And you delete not them. Not a few days. Sometimes it takes me a while. Okay. But um, no, yeah, I've always been very good at kind of going back, rereading the summary and being like, okay, maybe in that moment in time it sounded interesting, but right now it doesn't anymore. Yeah. But what I mean is that I got a couple of books from the library that were on my to read pile. I started reading them and I'm like, nope, this is not going to work. And I stopped. But don't you love that feeling? Cause it's like, this was free. This didn't cost me anything. Like, I don't even feel guilty about that anymore. Like, there are books that I'll, like, request from the library. Like, please buy this for me. And yeah. they do. And I'm like, you know what? No. And, you know, it didn't cost me anything. And that, that's kind of what the library is for. Absolutely. That I've never felt guilty for that. But I used to feel weird. Like, it's on my to-be-read pile for so long. I finally get it. And I'm like, woo! And then I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> But <laughs> so I used to kind of power through and push through. Yeah. Um, I don't feel as bad about stopping now. It's um, it's honestly it's it depends on my mood. Like if I'm really yeah. into if I like really want to be into it, there's a there's a part of me that's like, but wait, let's push through. Maybe it'll get better. But oh, yeah. get me wrong. If it's like if it's a story that I know can can take a while to pick up and whatever, like I'll try and push through. But if it's really not working. I used to I I used to feel really bad when I would stop reading a book. Now I'm much better at saying, "Yo, there's so many other things that there that are out there to read. I'm not gonna waste my time." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Another thing is like life is long. Remember, so if you don't, if like you could go five years without reading it, and then pick it up five years from now and be like, maybe. Well, like, yeah, that's, you know? it's not to say that, like, maybe in a couple of years I'll stumble upon a book that I used to have on my to-be-read pile and then pick it up and be like, oh, why did I ever take this off? It's fine. But, like, right now I want – I right now I don't want you. <laughs> it doesn't mean you won't be wanted someday and by yeah. other people. True. Yeah. Very true. Alrighty. So talk to me about this uh, Oliver Syndrome, Cousin yes. Oliver Syndrome. So, um – in this book, all about the Brady Bunch. Um, if you are not familiar with the Brady Bunch, I don't know how to talk to you. But um, in the book, the author was talking about cousin Oliver syndrome, which is this phenomenon built off of the Brady Bunch, where uh, shows that are starting to struggle in ratings that have been on for a while, like they need a bit of a like a like a boost, some kind of new excitement added to the mix. And Brady, Bu- the Brady Bunch's version of that was adding Cousin Oliver to the cast for the last six episodes. Yeah, I was about to say, I, he didn't last very long, so he didn't do no. his job properly. He, he was No, he was there for six episodes, and in the book, actually, it was the network that insisted they add uh, a sixth kid. Because they said that all of the kids were, were, like, already growing up. Like, the youngest, Cindy, was already 12 by season yeah. five. So they thought, like, the, the, the appeal for younger kids was, was dissipating. Mm-hmm. So that's why they added him, but um, they like the cast obviously didn't like hate him, but the producers were like, eh, I guess we'll try it. Didn't yeah. work because the show was canceled six episodes later. And just a side note for any Brady Bunch fans who want a little bit of trivia, um, 
if there had been a season six, the creators and producers had already planned that Robert Reed, who played Mike Brady, would not be returning mm-hmm. because he had been such a headache to the to um, the writers and producers for the whole show. He just was very hard to work with. Lovely. And so and they think women are difficult. I know. So they planned to kill off Mike Brady and introduce a new male lead that would be Carol Brady's new love that that the kids would have found for her. Okay. And yes, Cousin Oliver would have returned for season six. Lovely. But alas, there was no season six, thankfully. (laughs) So anyway, um, the addition of Cousin Oliver to the family became this idea of Cousin Oliver syndrome where shows that are starting to go downhill add a new character just for the sake of some excitement. And the author cited a bunch of different examples from other shows that have since followed the Brady Bunch, and one of them was Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. And she says that um, Gilmore Girls' version of Cousin Oliver's Syndrome was introducing April as Luke's daughter in season six. And I'm not sure how, how I feel about that. Would you say that April was a Cousin Oliver? Holy. Um, yes, yes and no. Like, I understand what she's saying about introductions of new characters. Mm-hmm. Because it is a way to spice things up sometimes. Yeah. I don't know if they necessarily did it for ratings or if it's because they thought it would be an interesting storyline since Luke and Lorelai had already... Um, you know, postponed the wedding and weren't talking very much. Like, you know what I mean? I think, I think they, I think they did it because they wanted us to realize that both characters still needed to grow mm-hmm. in order to like find each other. If I can say that, I don't know. But I mean, I don't know. I know what you, I get. What she's saying with the freaking with the ratings boost, but. In this case, I think it was counterproductive because a lot of people hated her so much they stopped watching. I don't know. I don't know a single Gilmore Girls fan who liked April, honestly. So you know what it is? As I, as I, um, I was gonna say evolve. What am I, a Pokemon? Um, <laughs> as I, what's the word I'm looking for? As you grow. As I grow. I mean, okay, fine. As I grow. Um, as I get older, as I watch it more, I don't know. I realized that it nothing was her fault. <laughs> no, and like it, I don't think it was anything against April in particular. Like maybe it was, but a lot like, of people have beef with her, like her. I and think not what she represents, because I think your your anger is misplaced. For sure, it is. I'm not gonna say it's not like always directed at her, but there yeah. are a lot of fans who are like. The actress was annoying. Her voice was terrible. Like, but you know what I realized is that those people exist everywhere. True, and like I think people also, um, I think people also get up, like, don't realize that they're getting upset over a child. Yeah, she's she's not a grown woman. She's a child. Like, maybe take it down a notch. Yeah, that too. But what I mean is, like, there's always gonna be people that are gonna be petty betties <laughs> like, i love that I've never, I've never heard that before i ju- it just came to me <laughs> <laughs> um and are gonna be like oh my god she kisses weird like what they did with alexis bladell right yeah 
And I remember I went on my story and I'm like, yo, she has an Emmy. She's not a terrible actress. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that I understand that part of it. Like there's always going to be people that are going to be like, oh, I don't like her hair. I don't like her gap in her teeth. I don't like this. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people that are, you know, um, Gilmore Girls diehard fans that are just like, I don't like the fact that she came between Luke and Lorelai. They were so close to their wedding. And then this fucking happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As I grow and mature, <laughs> I realize that, um, like, if the April thing didn't happen, mm-hmm. I still don't think that Lorelai and Luke would have been in a good place. No. And I think I agree with what you said earlier about how the introduction of April kind of brought out unresolved issues in both Luke and Lorelai that probably would have come about one way or another. Yeah, because if you if you've watched A Year in the Life, they mm-hmm. still have really big problems with communication. As does every Stars Hollow couple, pretty much. That's true. But anyways, I'm just saying, you know, it their life was far from perfect. Yeah, it was. Like, of course, there was love there and whatever, but, you know, they had some kinks to work out, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and we're obviously going to, you know, get into this more when we actually reach season six. Yeah. Um, But I do have to say that I don't think my issue with April is about her or the character or the actress or whatever it is mm-hmm. it's not really about um april it's about how luke's dynamic kind of changes after he learns he has a daughter and i don't really like i don't really like that side of him he kind of turns very quick like it's it makes sense just based on like how grumpy and irritable he's he usually is in the earlier seasons yeah but I just don't like how he acts when April, when, like, he knows that he has to provide for April and, like, he all of a sudden just feels this mounting responsibility, which is, like, totally understandable. I just, I just don't like how he, how he personally handled it. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, I also, like, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why, why, <laughs> why when you, you, you have a fiancé, would you hide it from them? Yeah. I mean, like, you did nothing wrong. You both have a past, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I would like to emphasize this. Luke did nothing wrong. You know, she never told him, meaning uh, with April, like she never, Anna never told him about her, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's not like he abandoned his child. She just, she never told him. So yeah. Anyways, so I, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I, just because we're on the subject, I recently saw, um, on, you know, the Gilmore Girls Confessions page? Yeah. I recently saw one that said somebody thought it would have been way more interesting if the, um, if instead of Anna um, Anna and April being a thing, they, w- they thought it would have been a better storyline if Rachel had come back and said that she had a kid with Luke. Mm. Because at least we had seen Rachel and, like, we knew that her and Lorelai got along and, and and Rachel was the one that told Luke, like, you have a thing for Lorelai. So it would have been a more interesting dynamic. Okay, I agree. I agree a little bit in regards to, I think it would have been more interesting if Rachel had come back just because, like, you thought that was only a thing in season one for a brief amount of time and never happened again. Yeah. Like, I, would, I definitely would have thought it would be been more engaging for the audience if it had been Rachel instead of Anna. Yeah. I think maybe what would have worked maybe better in their favor is if just Rachel had come back wanting to be with Luke and kind of maybe 
I love triangle formed instead of like her coming back with a kid. Like I knew just like her coming back. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But I mean, in that, in that case, it's like you're coming back just to be with him. Well, yeah, like they could have saved that maybe. Yeah, they could have saved that maybe for like season seven, hypothetically. Like they're about to go down the aisle. Oh my God, Rachel shows up. Like just a, a little kink, a little roadblock. We, we still resolve it. They still get married, you know. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. But I think that that was an interesting comment because it's a character that we already know instead of introducing a whole new character. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, the kid would have been much younger, right? Yeah. Luke wouldn't have lost um, some really, like, important pivotal years. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have just been interesting to see Luke and Lorelai with a toddler. Yes, true. Instead of freaking Gigi, who was a demon child. Demon child, like Clara, basically. Yeah, devil spawn. All young people in this show suck. <laughs> it's All true. It's true. Ugh. All right, let's move on to the episode. Yes, episode 11, I solemnly swear. I solemnly swear in reference to the fact that Emily is being sued for wrongful termination. Hi, <laughs> raise your hand if you're surprised. <laughs> I thought you were going to say... Oh, no, hands have been raised. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, hi, raise your hand if you've ever been fired by Emily Gilmore. And then all the hands go up because... All hands so are raised. Funny. Let the record show. Yeah. Or better yet... How many of you have ever felt personally victimized by Emily Gilmore? Oh, God, a stampede would go through here. (laughs) Anyways, so she's being sued for wrongful termination um, because she fired this maid because she clomped around, as she she says. Okay, I'm convinced Emily fires maids just to keep life interesting. Yeah, do you ever get the feeling that maybe she's lonely? And she just wants, like, new people to talk to all the time? And I No, but for sure, I, I think it... It just it chips at it chips at a larger issue for her that like it's not an, it's not about the fact that there's actually anything wrong with them because you can see it in Lorelai and Rory's faces like she clomped around like that's a reason to fire someone. Yeah, they're also not surprised by the way. No, but like she fires them over such insignificant details. I think she's just like so. It's definitely it's definitely like an own like a a deeper issue for her because it's like you don't just fire someone over these insignificant things. There's like a definitely a deeper issue, you know. Oh, for sure. I don't think she's normal at all. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, like you said, she's, maybe she's lonely and just wants just wants something to do and wants to get angry for no reason. Or, like, maybe it's a way to control her and Richard's somewhat, you know, uneven marriage. Because, you know, we all, we all know where that's heading. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I think there's also a part of it that's, like, she doesn't have, now that you said control, she doesn't have a job, right? No. Like, she sits on the board of a bunch of charities we're made to believe, and she's, like, part of the DAR. But I think for her, this is the one part of her life that she has any control over. Mm-hmm. Like, Richard kind of gives her carte blanche to, like, hire and fire whoever she wants. Yeah. So, like, this is the one point in her life where she can be a boss. Mm-hmm. And I think she, like, takes it way too far sometimes. Yeah, no. It's definitely a control issue. It's like she wants to be such a boss and in control, and it's like this, this is the only way that she can satisfy that need. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so Lorelai is called to... to Lorelai is being deposed. <laughs> and um, Emily wants her to um, say nice things about her, I guess. So I'm going to lie. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess when a family member is deposed, the lawyers are usually thinking, oh, it's an easy layup. 
they're obviously going to have wonderful things to say about their parents or family member. Clearly, this lawyer does not know Emily Gilmore very well. I mean, after that conversation, when he told her, when she told him to get back in his car and go back to his office and miss his daughter's recital, <laughs> he should have figured. <laughs> like, can you like, even imagine? Like, I'm paying you good money. Like, you get, yeah, you go like, back I to your office. You Three hundred dollars an hour. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> you well, tell your tell your wife to tape the recital. Oh my god. It's moments like these where you really see, like, yes, Emily has great moments, she's caring, whatever, but it's also like, if you were a real person, I would not fuck with you in real life. Nope. You are way too terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when, not only does she fire maids for no reason, she also just, like, you know, wants an excuse to yell at people. Oh, for sure. So, you want to, like, I don't want to be around someone who wants to just yell at someone for no reason. No, no, for sure. But also, like, don't you get embarrassed when you're with these types of people? And they're like, they, they throw a fit over something? Yeah, like, I think the prime example is, like, you can tell a lot about a person how they by how they treat the wait staff, for example. So I have a story. Can I tell a story? Absolutely. So um, one of my aunts on my dad's side, my dad has three sisters, and... Um, the eldest, the eldest sister has been a waitress like most of her adult life, and is just, like, and she's very good at, at her job. She's a very good server, um, and like, n- she's very good because she knows how to get the, like, how to get a good tip, shall we say? Yeah, for sure. So, and everybody knows that, like, nobody ever fucks with her with that because they know it's true. Right. Um. So the issue is not so much that she's not good at her job is that like she's so good at it that she then has to criticize anyone who doesn't like get on her level kind of uh. so it's very um difficult slash interesting slash embarrassing slash i want to die right now going to a restaurant with her okay um it o- it's only happened a handful of times which is a handful too many if you ask me but um <laughs> Uh, so one time, actually, it was we were in Disney World together. It was me, my mom, her, and my two cousins, who are both who are both like much younger than me at the time. I think I was fifteen, and they were um, like ten and eight. I want to say. Mm-hmm. So we were at Planet Hollywood in Disney World in Florida, and it was like after a long day. We'd been to like two different parks you know like you 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 anyone who's been to Disney World knows that it's like the days are long when you've been walking around a, an amusement park oh yes yeah. so it was like already 7:30 it was late it was like later than usually we would be eating and it was obviously late for you know a 10 and an 8 year old to be eating so we were like where should we go like what should we do and like my mom and I wanted to go to Planet Hollywood cuz we already been there once before the last time we were in Disney with like me and my dad and my mom. And so we really wanted to go. We were going to go anyway. But they were like, okay, no, it's fine. We'll just go there. And we were, it was already later. So there wasn't going to be a wait. Long story short, we like, it was a really great meal, like great service. Like I was worried because I thought like if we go somewhere and she's, it's not impeccable service, she's going to throw a fit. I'm like, you know what? It's late at night. Maybe it won't be that bad. Maybe she'll be like laid back. No worries. Because, you know, it had happened a few times before this that she had thrown a fit in a restaurant. And I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to like, be looking at the scenery, whatever. <laughs> so we have a lovely meal. There's no hiccups. I'm, like, taking pictures of all the costumes and the scenery and whatever. My 
youngest cousin is asleep at the table at this point because it's now close to nine o'clock. And we order dessert and my aunt gets key lime pie. And apparently my aunt is an expert on key lime pie, just by the way. Nobody knew that before. It was like she's just the keeper to key lime pie. Okay. <laughs> and this key lime pie comes and she refuses to eat it because there's some kind of strawberry drizzle on it. Okay. Uh, okay. Like, I don't personally like key lime pie, but I guess if you like key lime pie and you don't like strawberry on it, I guess it's not really good. I don't, I don't know, but. I don't know. I'm not a key lime pie expert. Exactly. But she, apparently she's like, was, t- was just giving us, this, giving us this whole novel about how you should never put strawberry drizzle on a key lime pie. We're like, okay, cool. So she refuses to eat it. The waiter comes back and like asks, like, you know, how's everything? She explodes. Oh, boy. Um, says, like, this is unacceptable. Um, you should never put strawberry drizzle on a key lime pie. It's fucking disgusting. Like, literally swearing at him now. I'm like, mm, okay, I'm going to go look at the Titanic costumes. You guys have fun. So I literally got up and left the table. I'm like, I'm not sitting here while she freaks it on this waiter. I think I would have done the same. I'm not. Oh, my God. Anyways, okay. And what's, what's, what's even better is that my cousins didn't wake up. They just slept <laughs> the entire thing. I'm like, you are the real ones at this table. You slept through this entire scene that she made. Everyone was staring at us. So it was, just, it was a great evening. Yeah. So all that to say, um, I know someone like Emily Gilmore, and you don't want to fuck with her. I mean, you don't want to fuck with her because I think we're both, like, non-confrontational. But at the same time, I feel like something like, try me, bitch. <laughs> oh, my mom. You know my mom. My mom I was, like... Mom. But I was just about to ask, like, how was your mother's reaction? My mom, like, was so embarrassed. Like, you've <laughs> never... I've never seen her that embarrassed. Oh, my like, God. It was really bad. And, like, she, I don't think she ever said anything because, like, obviously we're on vacation together and, like, we're not going to, you know, start a whole feud like two days two days into the vacation um but yeah suffice to say my mom and I are very very careful about which restaurants we go to with her now you shouldn't go to any restaurants with her oh well I avoid it at all costs now but you know then I'm like 15 like oh yeah I know Annie Sandra's kind of mean sometimes oh uh yeah all that to say that Emily Gilmore is the type of person that if I were with her in public, I'd be very scared that she would, like you said, throw a fit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I don't know. And I love the justification of I pay good money. Like, just because you pay good money doesn't mean that you're allowed to treat people like garbage. I know. Yeah, so Emily Gilmore is the type of person where some, and in some instances I love her and others I'm like, oh, I hate you so much. That's true. Anyways, um, let's talk about the Learning Center. The Learning Center. So, Why did Jackson take a diary writing class? I don't know, but... He paid sounds- $75 for that shit. <laughs> that sounds kind of interesting, don't you think? No, <laughs> don't think. A diary writing class. Hmm. Pick up pen, put pen to paper. <laughs> Maybe I find that interesting because I'm just like so terrible at journaling that I want to, I like think I need to be taught, but it probably what wouldn't go very well. You know. You're terrible at journaling. Like, I'm just really bad at keeping up with it. 
okay, keeping up with it is one thing. What to write and what to, like, what? It also depends. Because I'm like, I've, I'm not very good at writing down my thoughts or feelings if, I'm, if, if like, no one else is going to read them, you know? Why? I don't know. I'm just real. Like, I'm just really bad at journaling. Like, I can't. Like, I think, like, I just can't. I'm just very bad. I feel like it's the perfect opportunity to rent. Yes, but I also I'm like I'm bigger. I'm better at um like scrapbooking and putting like my feelings through songs or lyrics or quotes. Okay. Because I'm just like not good at confronting my own feelings on a page for just myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, that's fine. But I'm saying you would never take a class on it. But, like, I'm now I'm intrigued. I'm like, what exactly are you going to teach me in this class? Are you serious? You would pay $75 for the shit? No. Okay. I'm saying the class in general sounds interesting. I wouldn't pay $75 for it. I mean, if it was free, maybe. But Maybe. Oh, my God. Anyways. um, that Can we talk about that teacher that they had? <laughs> That's, like, the worst speaker I've ever seen. Okay. So, I recently saw this, um, I don't know, meme, screenshot, whatever. Mm-hmm. About, so you know rate my professors oh boy yes okay so rate my professors for those of you who don't know is before you take class you try and see what the professor is like what the course load is like and whatever <laughs> so i recently saw a screenshot where this guy wrote and it made me think of this i never wore my seatbelt while driving to school because i wanted to die before making it to his class <laughs> uh, this funny. man was so bad <laughs> he was terrible um i'm i'm assuming yes Ugh. no i mean the guy that's teaching the class to lorelei and suki yeah i know oh my god that was if that was my professor i'd drop out if I, yeah so like if that's what i'm paying for and i'm trying to learn from you mm, 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 no yeah, but also I don't know what Lorelai and Suki thought that they would learn there. Like Lorelai is already Lorelai went to business school, graduated, and has been like worked her way up in the inn, so knows everything. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, Suki maybe because she was just not just a chef, but you know what I mean. She didn't deal with the business side of thing. Yeah. But, like, they both already knew everything, which, hi, yeah, I could have told you that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think they're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, I think they, they knew when they got there, like, we already know most of this stuff. All right. Fine. Like, maybe, maybe they just wanted to take a course for the, for the like, to say they took a course, you know? Right. So they could They could say they were, you know, schooled, but they weren't. <laughs> Ugh, they weren't. Anyways, all this to say that Suki runs into Joe. Mm-hmm. And then we get the introduction of possibly Lorelai's most boring boyfriend. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm glad we agree on that. In the form of Charlie Swan. And Swan, like... Mm. From Twilight. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, like, it's the fact that he looks only, like, only his hair is different. His hair is different, and he has no facial hair. Even then, like, no thanks. I mean, I thought he was much better in Twilight. Yeah, for sure. Like, Twilight, yes. But, even like, as this character, no thank you. Okay, because as this character... Uh, maybe we should talk about... Well, we can talk about it now. Because we're, we're talking about both 11 and 12 in this episode. But I think they missed a really good opportunity here with this mm-hmm. character. 
because Lorelai has never dated anyone before that has a kid. True. Well, at this point, we don't know that Luke has a kid and Christopher doesn't count because he's just a sperm donor. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you, so I think like he's talking about his kids and they're young, they're six and nine. And he's talking about how he loves his kids and gets them off. And like, I think they missed an opportunity to maybe. Yes, I agree. Like in terms of, well, actually, no, I don't, I don't agree. Scratch that. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Like, I know what you mean in terms of like missed opportunity, like that she never dated anyone with kids more yeah. or less, but like six and nine wouldn't really have gone well with Rory's, you know, 17. No, that, not for that. But I mean, to date another parent, a single parent where they can, like, where they have that going for them, where they have that at least in common, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think it would have... I wouldn't like to see Lorelai date somebody with kids, no matter what age they were. Yes, but also I think the writers rightfully knew that this character wouldn't be around long-term, so, like... Oh, no, for sure. Like, he's boring as fuck. But, I mean, (laughs) his voice puts me to sleep. Yes, agreed. But... I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we just say that he's boring. We don't like him. Yeah, okay. That's good. Which is like, he had potential. He's opening a coffee shop. But he himself, like, just a potato. Like, no thanks. A potato. <laughs> but, like, how do you make this guy who's opening a coffee shop the most boring man on the planet? I don't know because it's point in one area and took away a bunch in the personality area. And you can you and you know it's it's the material because as Charlie Swan, he was actually quite like I don't know. I'm not gonna say interesting, but like he he played the part much better. I think he played the part super well. As somebody has recently rewatched Twilight because I was feeling nostalgic. <laughs> By the way, these movies hilarious when you watch them when you're older. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so funny. Anyways, but he actually did a really good job in Twilight. I think. Um, like, a good mix of, like, concerned father with sarcastic friend. Um, Honestly, I never forgave Bella for for how she treated her father. In the first movie? I know. Like she, she just treated him like shit, honestly. I know. For Charlie. Anyways. Um, so, whatever. Alex, you're boring. You're boring. You're boring. Woo, divorce! Woo, divorce! Yes. <laughs> Um, thank God his wife divorced him. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about Francie and Rory and this fucking fencing scene. Which, like, we were talking about before we before we pressed record, we were talking about how um, up until now, season three hasn't had very many filler episodes. Yeah. And so while we can somewhat agree that 11 and 12 are filler to some extent, like, even then, there's uh, there are some crucial scenes that are not filler. Yeah, for the most... Okay, so we said it. For the most part, these are filler episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scenes that are not are Rory and Paris's um, scenes, their relationship, how it moves forward. Mm-hmm. And I call this episode the Watergate episode, by the way. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, because it's all very, like, clandestine, and they're meeting in parking lots and taking pictures, and, like, what the fuck? Um, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, so Francie, anyways, Paris comes back from 
whatever, and she says, she, like, sticks it to Francie by saying, like, okay, well, I got the, what is it, the Waldsworth Mansion? Yeah. Anyway, so she got it for half price or whatever the fuck she got it from, and then um, Francie says she wants to call a truce between her and Rory, but they meet in the parking lot, and Francie takes pictures, and she, like, tells Paris that Rory is conspiring behind your back. Here's what I don't like. Apart from Francie. <laughs> I was going to say, Francie's a dick, but... Yeah, well, I don't know why you go through all this trouble as a fucking 18-year-old, like, to ruin a friendship. I don't get it. Get a hobby, take a piano, I don't know. I was going to say, needs a hobby and or a life. Yeah. Here's what I don't like, though. After everything that Paris and Rory have been through, and, like, Paris has confided in Rory, and Rory is so supportive, they went to Washington together, she helped her get ready for her date, blah, 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 I can go on and on. Why is Paris so quick to see the worst in people? So that's what I thought, too. And as, and it's interesting you brought that up because usually when I rewatch this part of season three, I think Paris is, is such a baby who overreacts and just holds a grudge for the sake of holding a grudge. Yeah. But, like, this time as I was uh, watching for the purposes of analysis, as we do here, or we try to, yeah. um, with with stuttering and laughs and swear words, um, I was thinking to myself, like, clearly this is an issue for Paris in terms of, like, abandonment and thinking people, like, not even just thinking the worst, but, like, thinking that people are against her. So I think that's, I think that's again, like, Emily and her control issues. I think it's, like, Paris and just a bit of instability in, in her home life or just in all all aspects of her life. She's just used to people abandoning her. Yeah. So she's kind of like, she's, I'm going to say she's prone to it, but she's like, she's just quick to judge and quick to assume that everyone is against her. Yeah. And listen, I get that because we've seen like small glimpses of uh, Paris's home life. And her mother's a dick and we get the impression that, you know, she's like raised by this nanny and whatever, (laughs) her Portuguese nanny. But um, I don't know, like, you've been, Rory's been a really good friend to you. I know. And you're just like, you want to get her impeached and you're like, whatever, it it was too much for me. No, it was. And like, you know. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. You know that um, you like you know just based on what happens later, like Paris is overreacting. But at the same time, it's just I, I get what you mean when you say that like you can't see that Rory has done so much for you based on how like you, you treated her when you when they first met. It's like Rory has always been there. Like why would you why would you listen to Francie and not like listen to Rory's side? You know? Yeah, for sure. That. But I think that's what bugged me the most. Is like Francie comes to you with these pictures and gives you this whole fucking story, and then you you don't even go and talk to her. You chase her around when you're fencing. Yeah. And you're like, like I don't, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I, listen, I've said this before when this whole high school drama started. I'm not into the high school drama with Gilmore Girls. No, and I'm like we said last time. I'm very glad that it's short lived. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so I think that's it for this episode. Actually, one oh, last tell thing. Tell me, tell me. Um, well, first of all, can you imagine having fencing as gym class? Oh, God. Okay, so I did fencing in high school. Oh, my God, really? But not as a gym, like, whatever. It's called, in, I don't know. If I tell you what it is, will you know? It's called Paracolar. 
Yeah, that sounds familiar. Kind of, yeah. Anyways, whatever. So we had, um, like, we picked, like, an extra, either sport or activity in our first year of um, high school. And if you pick, yeah, if you picked one, if you picked one thing for the first semester, which I had badminton, I think, because I was an awesome badminton player. Oh, God. Um, yeah, loser. But <laughs> Badminton, continue. Oh, I love it. But anyways, um, <laughs> so if you pick that, like, your second semester automatically had to be fencing. And I think I did one class of fencing before they were like, the class is too full, we have to pull you. And they put me in something else, whatever. But, yeah, what a bougie high school. And you also went to a private school, so no wonder, but, you know. I- yeah, that was that was also that. <laughs> but this episode actually has one of my favorite quotes of the whole show. Okay, tell me. Um, and it's from Louise. Mm-hmm. Who says, just close your eyes and think of England, honey. Oh. And it's funny, that always sticks out to me because the first time that I watched Gilmore Girls, I was in my first year of CJEP and I was I was taking a class on Victorian literature. Yeah. And the teacher was telling us all about how the uh, Queen Victoria's mo- uh, motto when it came to, uh, you know, the sexual intercourse was to just lay back and think of England. I mean, you should. It's your country, girl. <laughs> so, you know, the only the only the only reason she ever had sex was for her country. So she took one for the team. OK, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's like a, a known thing now. It is now. Yeah. At the time I was like, you know. Oh, you were naive. Yes, I was naive, but I just learned that in a class, and then I saw it on Gilmore Girls. I'm like, ha ha, I get the reference. Yes. <laughs> um, what do I want to say? Who knows? Okay, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> It'll come to me. So in the twelfth episode, Lorelai out of water. Lorelai out of water, which makes reference to the fact that she's going fishing for some god awful reason. Because Charlie, Charlie's born, not Charlie, what's his name? <laughs> Alex. Because <laughs> Alex is boring and wants to go fishing. Oh my god, in case you were wondering how boring he was, he fishes for fun. Mm. So does Luke, though. Yeah, but Luke has other personality traits. True, okay, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. Um, anyways, so Lorelai, no, sorry, Rory thinks she can magically teach her mother how to fish by reading a book. <laughs> but like do you expect anything better from Roy Gilmore? No, I don't, but like you're delusional. <laughs> and who's reading a book about fishing? Uh Alex. No, I don't even think he'd read it. <laughs> like that's it's reading for pleasure, I mean. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyways. Um <laughs> so eventually Luke comes over and teaches her how to fish. Yes. But, okay, let me do this in another way, because there's things I want to say about how when Luke teaches her how to fish, there's, like, the lalas in the background. Yes. Okay, but let's start. You want to do it chronologically? Might as well. We always have this debate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Might as well. Okay. So, um, they're cleaning out the garage. And evidently, Lorelai is a pack rat. Yeah, so here's the thing that I never understood. For someone who, like, said, like, they grew up poor and whatever... She has a lot of crap. She has a lot of shit. It's so true. <laughs> like, if you were so poor, stop buying shit. And there's no, like, there's a lot of little things, like, just, you know, regarding reality that, like, just don't make sense in Gilmore Girls. And we've had this conversation five other times, but 
Yeah. Just like, how does Lorelai have so much money to throw around for takeout food and how like? Ugh. Well, yeah, that's a. I think that's that's the one that bothers the fandom the most. Because it doesn't make any sense. They eat out every day. Like in the last episode, was it in the last one or this one where they went to Owls and they got like the mystery bag? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure which one. And then one they it was. didn't want it, so they went to Luke's. Yeah, so it's what that's that, that's exactly what I was thinking of. So I'm not sure if it's this one. It's in, it's in either eleven or twelve, but yeah. Anyways, so it's just like they have so much shit. Also, in this episode when they're cleaning out the garage, as soon as they go to open it, there's a random arm in the glass. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I did. So other things that piss me off, but I, but I was too distracted by Hugga World and how cringe that is. Oh, Hugga World. <laughs> like Hugga cute World. as a, cute for a toddler, but not cute for a toddler, but like it's time, Murray. <laughs> it's Hugga Canada now, as Lorelai said. Um, okay, so they're cleaning out the garage because Lane's band is coming to um, rehearse there. Mm-hmm. And Zach flirting with Lorelai is kind of creepy. I was gonna say um, the second. <laughs> point... Do you know that like he later marries Lane? <laughs> I know the second point I have in my notes for this episode is Zach hitting on Lorelai is gross, and gross is underlined twice. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's both gross because he's in high school and gross because you know that he marries Lane eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, whatever, we'll skip over it. I mean, at some point we're going to have to discuss Zach's toxic masculinity, but that's, for, uh, that's a discussion for season four. Yeah, because he, we're not there yet. Um, he's not a main character yet. So this episode... Rory and Lane, we get some Rory and Lane time. Yes. Which I do love. I did miss. And it's but it's like it's it's like it's sad in a nostalgic kind of way. Yeah, because they're also it's they're also talking like very nostalgically. You mm-hmm. don't find? Like, yeah. Like, because... Oh, maybe like you're the next one to get married, and like oh, you know, we've had so many weddings here, and I'm like, guys, what the fuck? You're 18. I know. I think I think that's more of an issue with uh, Korean arranged marriages. Is it? And that she said there's been like two every year since elementary school. Like that's a lot of fucking weddings. Oh yeah, that of course. But I don't know. Do you think they're getting nostalgic because they're getting older and um, because Rory doesn't like uh, not Rory Lane doesn't like Rory's boyfriend, or is it because they're not spending enough time together, or because they've been this is like the last one for a while and they've been doing this every year. I don't know. I think it's all of the above. And it's just yeah. like, it's all contributing to this sense of, Hey, we're growing up. Things are changing. We're not going to always just be little kids who have, yeah. nothing to do, who have nothing to do, but hang out with each other. Yeah. Um, I kind of, for me, it was kind of sad when they were talking like, Hey, Lane, you know, you don't have to always like the guys I'm dating. And I'm like, but they've always liked the guys they were dating. <laughs> and also, um, I'm I'm pretty sure beneath the surface, Lane doesn't really mind Jess. I think it's just the fact that like, Jess is a dick sometimes to her. Yeah, I think I think I think I've said this before, but I think Lane is a very good friend in terms of she's always got Rory's back. Mm-hmm. So, and she says it too. As long as you're happy, I'm happy. Um, but I think she'll she's the type of person that'll hold grudges. Um. On someone else's behalf. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, even if you're over it, she's like, no, fuck that. He hurt you. you yeah, know? I know. <laughs> um, and that's you, by the way. Oh, that is me. 
But that's, I was about to say, that's a good friend. <laughs> it is, exactly. It's a, good, it's a good trait to have in a friend. But the thing is, as soon as you told me we're done, like, we're done, as soon as you, if you were to tell me, like, no, we had a good talk and we're forgiven, I'd be like, oh, okay, but I'm watching you. Exactly, bitch. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> get you a friend like a Lenny. <laughs> yes, please. Um, yeah, so I think it was, like, a little bit nostalgic and um, a little sad, but, you know, yes. they're and growing actually- up. And actually, get you a friend like Eleno who sends you postcards telling you not to fuck with people with 51 followers. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> we don't fuck with you. <laughs> no, we're watching you, trolls. Yeah. Um, but the last thing I was going to say about that is that I think this kind of sets the scene for later seasons. So and you're, that, Yeah, you're yeah. kind of getting the sense, okay, because we know, like, Rory's going to go to an Ivy League school, like, hopefully Harvard. And... Lane's world is we get the impression going to be a little bit small because her mom's kind of still controlling it Mm -hmm. so it's kind of giving me the the feeling of oh what's going to happen like with their friendship later yeah like you 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 said this before about season three and that like you're not really sure how it's going to go after like in terms of uh, Rory going to college and like how's that going to change the whole dynamic of the show yeah. Like so not I, like not just with her and Lorelai, but also with like Lor- uh, with Rory and all of her stars hollow. Well, that's associates. it. Like we said it, I think we said it last time where we said um you know, some shows are not meant to be just high school. Mhm. Like some shows are meant to just stay in high school and they don't do well outside of high school. But Gilmore Girls is a, is was one of those shows where it was like we're we're, we're just doing the high school for the sake of doing high school. The real the real story starts later. Yeah, exactly. Like, Gilmore Girls did a really good job with, like, quote-unquote real life. Yeah. But at the same time, at like, towards the end of season three, now we're in the middle of season three, you can't help but wonder how the show is going to change later on, especially mm-hmm. when you see scenes like this, you know? It's true. So it's kind of sad. Yeah. I don't know. To me, I'm like, oh, don't change. <laughs> Even though we've seen the show 500 times and we know I it's going to happen. It's so sad. It's just like, don't change. Yeah. Don't grow up. Stay grow stay up. small. Yeah. Anyways. Um, okay. So we can talk about now the introduction of Nicole. Yes. Long so, pause. Yeah, long pause. Um, Nicole, first impressions? Honestly, all I see when I see Nicole is another role that that actress played. Okay. Um, which was on the New Adventures of Old Christine. Oh yeah. She, she played. Okay. She was like she had, she had a starring role on that actually. Now that you said it, I remember. Yeah, she was uh, the chief meanie mom at uh, Christine's son's private school. Yes, yes, I remember now. And she was really nasty. Yeah, she was. Um, they were funny though. Like it was her and one other mom, and the and like the other mom, her name was Lindsay, the character, and like she's just so funny, and that actress did such a good job. But that's all I see when I look at Nicole is Marley, the meanie mom. Well, um, was well, but New Adventures of Old Christine was after Gilmore Girls. True. Okay, you're you're splitting hairs now. Am I splitting hairs, or am I like holding you accountable for the shit you say? Okay, well, me personally, I watched the New Adventures of Old Christine before Gilmore Girls, so. Travesty. (laughs) (sighs) Anyways, um, so first impression. Um, 
you know, you you could tell right away she was introduced as a love interest, right? Especially since, especially because of Jess's reaction, yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's why I like Jess's reaction. Because him and Luke are so cute when they have those scenes. Yeah, number one. <laughs> but also, like, so Luke spoilies, but Luke eventually asks her out, right? Yeah. And, and Jess, when he does ask her out, Jess, like, smiling, and Luke's like, shut up. And he goes, I didn't say anything, but he's smiling, you know? Mm-hmm. I believe deep down inside, Jess really does want the best for his uncle. He does. Like, I, he wants him to be happy in his own twisted, emo, convoluted way. <laughs> like, yeah. in, a, in, my he- in my little head, <laughs> he's like, you know, my uncle took me in. He doesn't go out very often. You know, he tells him, when was the last time you went on a date? I think he wants him to be happy. And driving someone home is not a date. Yeah, Luke, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's the end of a date. No, it isn't. Shut up. So I have a question. Tell me. Do you think that Luke only asked Nicole out because Lorelai was was dating someone? Okay, so here's the thing. This is why I said let's do it chronologically because I wanted to introduce Nicole before I said what I had to say. Okay, well, spoilies. Okay, well, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so Lorelai doesn't want to tell Luke that she's dating somebody, which I think is weird, by the way. Like, she's never had a problem saying, like, she's never had a problem saying, I'm dating Max, I'm dating Chris, I'm dating whoever the fuck, you know? It's because Alex is boring and doesn't doesn't want anyone to know she's dating a boring man. I don't think that's why, but anyways, (laughs) let's say it is, I don't know. Um, I don't know what has shifted now that she's, I guess, more sensitive to Luke's feelings. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And they never really explore it further. But so she doesn't tell him. And then he comes over to help her fish. And she keeps using this bullshit excuse of some friends. Like, you have two friends. Can you calm down? (laughs) Um, And one and a half, because Rory doesn't know. So... um, so she tells him, she's like, well, yeah, this guy I'm dating, whatever. So then they play the Wawa music, which you know is only reserved for, like, major events. And I believe that this is the moment in Luke's head where he's like, she's not into me. And I'm, like, she's clearly, you know, has a life, is dating people. Why should I wait and pine and whatever? Yeah, he, I'm not going to say... It clicks for him. Yes. I think that was probably the, the part of the reason they played the La La Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also think that it was, like a, it, was like a, it was a slow burn for him where he realized that, like, they almost had that somewhat date in season one. Then they had, you know, their whole drama in season two. And Wait I think... Up. It, Wait up. Here's the thing. <laughs> Because they almost, because I don't think it's fair to say they had their almost date. Because after their almost date, Rachel came back, right? Mm-hmm. So you were dating Rachel, and she told you to go get Lorelai, and then you didn't. Because she was with Max. Okay, fine. Then she broke up with Max. And you had time. And for me, I just think he's realizing now that, like, he missed his shot because she's not going to sit around and wait for him true even if this is not true love whatever she's just fishing like she's clearly moving on moving on she's clearly like not thinking about you the way you're thinking about her if you're even thinking about her because we don't fucking know yeah no i know what you mean because it's like at this point like we obviously know that lorelei 
has quote unquote moved on or is like, you know, living her life. But like Luke still just pines and stares at her. And now it's like, well, if she's dating people, maybe you should do the same. Well, exactly. That's what I think. Like, he, okay, he dated Rachel for however many episodes he dated her for. And then he had to watch her get into a relationship with two other people. Like, when are you going to start living your life? Especially since at this point, it's uh, almost two seasons ago that he dated Rachel for a couple of episodes. Exactly. And I think it got to him when when Jess said, like, when was the last time you went on a date? So I think at this point, he's saying to to himself, like, okay, what the fuck am I doing? I should. Here's a nice woman. Why? Why don't I ask her out? You know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But I think it's the moment it clicked for him. It clicks, but I also think, like, it was, I'm not going to say it didn't click for him before. I think he just kind of was, you know, to borrow a term from Bonnie Tyler, holding out for a hero. I need a hero. But you know what I mean? Like, he was kind of, he, like, he didn't, he wasn't, like, holding out for her in the sense that he he was, like, waiting for her to knock on his door and, like, embrace him. But, like, he was waiting for her in the sense that, Oh, in the back of his mind, it's always it, that's that's gonna happen one day. But never realizing, like, wow, you know, today is the present. It's not happening. Might as well live my life that, without. Yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. I think he finally realized, like, I've been waiting all this time, yeah. and nothing has happened because I haven't made it happen. Well, now I have to make something happen with someone because she's moving on. Exactly. Whatever. So it's just it's all around frustrating for me. Luke and Lorelai are extremely frustrating until the very last moment of season four. We can all agree, right? Also until the very last moment of the whole series. But anyways. True. Um, let's talk about Kirk at the beauty salon. <laughs> Kirk, is this waterproof? Water resistant. Why do you know that, Kirk? Because <laughs> like, he works there and he's like painting a fake hand. <laughs> that was the part for me that I'm like, Kirk, you're just fucking making this. Oh my God. Kirk, you're going around town. Like, just getting jobs and shit. Last episode, you were at Weston's. This episode, you're at the beauty salon. Well, jokes on jokes on everybody else, because he's, you know, rich in dollar bills. No, that's fine. But, I mean, no, it's so funny to me that nobody questions this shit. I know. It's like, like Kirk? Wherever they pop up. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, but that was really funny. He's like, I'm also including a honey mask. Very soothing. Very beautiful. <laughs> Oh, whatever. I can't. Anything else for this episode? Uh, yes, we have to talk about um, the iconic Paris Geller quote from this episode. Oh my god, yes. So if you didn't say it, I was going to. I was going to see if you had anything else, but I was sure. Gonna... Sure, we're girls. We can only fight. Like, we can only be arguing about a boy, right? Sexist. So Paris Geller, yeah, Paris Geller has been a fucking feminist since the early two thousands, <laughs> and she is the voice that we need. But honestly, that line is, like, it's so popular, like, on social media and on fan accounts because it's, like, this episode's from, what, 2003? Yeah. Um, That was pretty ahead of its time for uh, something from 2003, especially, like, a teen-oriented show. Absolutely. I think it's when people realize that Paris Geller... Look, as much as I think these episodes showcase the worst, like, showed us the worst in Paris, because mm-hmm. we really do see a bad side of her. Yeah. Like, this vindictive, really, like, cruel side of her. Um, this this line, I think, was... I think after all that, you see, like, what she what she's doing to Rory and, like, how she's really not handling this properly. I think they put that line in to kind of 
well, I'm reading way too much into this, <laughs> but they put that line in to kind of see like, ah, that's why we love Paris. Yeah. As much as we can hate her, like we love when she's a badass like that. It's true. Yeah. And um, I had one more thing to say actually about this whole Paris and Rory situation. So there's always a really big debate around Rory and what type of friend she is. Yes. And like, oh, I'm sorry. Rory wasn't a good friend to Lane and Rory wasn't a good friend to Paris. No, no, no. Or Rory wasn't a good boyfriend. Rory this, Rory that. It's like, lay off. Yeah, get off Rory's dick, number one. Number two, talking, like, speaking about friends, um, Rory showed... I think incredible like restraint when it came to Paris mm-hmm. treating her like shit. So Rory is able to go back to being her friend and forgiving everything really, really quickly. Yes. And I think because I think and I think it's easy to do that when you know you've done nothing wrong. So it's like you're the bigger person who can then like still be friends with the per- with the other person who overreacted and like you know what I mean like you still want to be friends with them despite the fact that they didn't hear your side of the story or acknowledge that uh I didn't I wasn't the one who fucked up it was you no for sure but I mean you know what I mean when I say that some people wouldn't be as forgiving in the sense that you know when when Paris came over well, we're jumping ahead when whatever when they had their reconciliation let's say because we'll talk about the details surrounding that you know, it, it was like, don't worry about it. We're fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where other people would have been, could have been like, you know what? No, she treated me like shit and I can't just forgive her like that. Rory's not that type of person. It's true. She's not the type of person to hold a grudge like that. No, and like, I'm, and I think some people are inclined to say it's because she's a pushover and like wants people to like her, as we've I talked about. The pushover, but I think it's just like, you know, we've talked about this before about like choosing your battles and not letting certain things bug you and letting certain things go because it's not worth the effort. Yeah. I think she's more like that where she's just like, yo, Paris is Paris and she could be too much sometimes, but you know, like whatever, you know, I think she's just more overall. She's a good person. I don't know. I don't think she's like, she's not one to hold a grudge. No. Because she doesn't want to, like, expend her own energy. I think in this instance, that's definitely that's definitely what's happening. Yeah. Um, but I also want to clarify, because um, we did just say get off Rory's dick. But, and we all, we're, we're, we're talking, can't, okay, I can't speak. Let's strain together a sentence, please. please. Um, what I mean is, like, in the earlier seasons, um, I think people are quick to pounce on Rory and say, like, oh, Rory was terrible to Dean. Rory manipulated Dean, apparently, according to an Instagram comment from yesterday. Um, <laughs> um, like, I think people are, are quick to pounce on Rory and blame everything on Rory in the early years just for the sake of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think your attention should be more focused on Rory's actions later, which I think we can all agree are problematic. And, like, yeah. the real-life seasons, as we said. Yeah, for sure. So I think, like, in the teenage years, Rory was actually not too terrible. Yeah. No, so, I don't think so like, either. I think she was a good friend. She was loyal. She was figuring stuff out. But, like, overall, she... I don't understand why people hate on her so much. No. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Anything else you would like to discuss? 
I do. I have one last thing. Um, it's actually regarding Twitter. And there's a video, just for just because we're talking about Paris Geller being a feminist icon, um, there's a video that I retweeted on our Twitter page a couple of days ago that I found um, that someone made of, like, it's a compilation of, uh, like, Paris Geller clips from the whole show. And I'm assuming it's, it's a song by Paris Hilton. Oh, God. And uh, it's just like, so it's just, a, it's just like basically Paris being a badass. And it's the song is, it has the lyrics like, bitch, I'm fucking Paris. And it just, it's just <laughs> like, it really just encapsulates all of Paris Geller's energy. And I'm like, this video is art. So if you haven't seen that video yet, please go on our Twitter page at Gilmore Podcast and you'll see the retweet. So whoever made that video, you are very talented. You are chef's kiss, as they say. And one last question I have for you, because also regarding Twitter, there's been another video that has popped up on our timeline a couple of times that I've wanted to bring to your attention. So it's um, it's a video of like, it's, it's a Jess compilation. And in this little clip, they are alleging that um, Jess is possibly bisexual. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. So it's like it usually it usually pops up like under um, tweets from the Out of Contacts Gilmore Girls account. Okay. And I've seen the tweets that say like that Rory and Paris should be together, and like they're a power couple. But I've never yeah. seen just ones. So like, I've yeah, it's, it was new to me too. I'd never actually seen. Um, any like people you know alleging that Jess is bisexual but you know as someone who's very much in love with a fictional character and this fictional character um if he's bisexual that works for me so um but no I think it was just like it was a video that you like using his gestures and like his facial expressions and like the fact that um you know obviously he was in love with Rory but also just I think to the person who made the video, I think he kind of had some kind of bisexual energy. So, um, okay, so let me stop you right here because I, I'm, I'm looking at the video right now. Oh, you found it? Okay, I was looking for it. I'm like, I'm not going to find it while I'm talking, but <laughs> I'll bookmark it. I'll bookmark it on our page if you, uh, on our Twitter if you want. Okay. Um, I don't get it. You don't get it's 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 pretty like I'm gonna say it's a bit of a stretch like it's kind of random. I'm gonna listen to be honest with you. I'm gonna have to watch it with um like with volume obviously because maybe something's being said over it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like they have like they they use a lot of clips of him with the with like his lip biting and it says yeah, bisexual so what, lip biting. Yeah, I don't know what bisexual lip biting is. But I'm here for it. Like if you want to do that with me, I'm good with it. Yeah, I know you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyways, okay. Um, I think I've said this before, but like, I think everyone's a little bisexual. Yes, like sexuality is a spectrum, is it not? I've said that. I know a lot of people don't believe it. Well, uh, it is. Well, yeah. Um, so, I mean, more power to him. But mm-hmm. the thing, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know what bisexual traits are. No, and I think it's, like, only something that other bisexual people can kind of recognize in others. No, but, like, for me, lip biting is not bisexual. No, obviously, and, like, obviously that's kind of, uh, you know, the opinion of the person who made the video, right? Like, cocky, no, I just saw, it's playing on a loop, I just saw cockiness. Like, is cockiness bisexual? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not personally bisexual. I don't think, and like, I don't. So I don't identify as that. I don't think you identify as that. So, I mean, um, like what I identify with at this point. <laughs> it's true because you're in love with a drag queen. However, I mean, I'm in love with everyone though. <laughs> yeah. So, like, obviously, depending on you know what your identifier is, like, it's kind. I'm not gonna say like it's up to people who aren't bisexual to say what's not bisexual, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that video is probably a bit of a stretch, but when I saw it, I'm like, ooh, just bisexual? Yes, please. Yeah, I know <laughs> why you said yes, please. Because <laughs> you wanted to do things to you. Yes, but, please. um, oh, oh, this just said also 50% gay. I don't think that's how bisexuality works. It doesn't. So it's like, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit of a well, stretch, I'd, like I yeah, said. Yeah, so I'd be interested to see if um, this person is bisexual that made this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're very, they're like, oh, bi rights, which yes, but like flannel shirt. Bi sassiness. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what's happening. Um, but um, I don't know. I think we're all bisexual. Yes. And I'll, so I'll, and I'll, we'll tweet the video out so you can all can see it. Yeah. Um, can I say something just because we're on this? Mm-hmm. You know, people who spend their time editing stuff. Yes. I'm, I'm very grateful to them because sometimes they're really, really great edits. And it, like, takes a long time. Like, oh, it's, my it's, God. It takes so much time. So kudos to you guys. Like, a lot of time, energy, and effort is spent doing that. Absolutely. I think it's, like, and some of them are really beautiful. Some of them, they pick the songs really well and the scenes, like, the parallels and the scenes really well. And I, it's an art. I get it. I don't get some of them, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, this one, I'm like I said, it's a bit of, you know, maybe one person's opinion. Like, Yeah, but I'm not even referencing this one in particular. Well, I think you're referencing something, so please tell us. Um, <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. Okay. But well. I'll tell it. I don't care. Um, a couple. I think we're looking. I think we're looking at offending people in the rear of your mirror by now. Oh, at this point, yeah, Americans hate us. But anyways, um. And we hate you. No kidding. Continue. No, stop it. <laughs> I sent you. I think I sent it to you, right? The picture that you think I'm referring to, that I am referring to. Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to, so please tell me. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I sent it to you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna pull it up. Um, <laughs> so sometimes, like. I don't understand um, the links people are trying to make, I guess. I think that, yeah, I think that's fair. So it's somebody that posted um, a picture of Richard, three different screen screen captures, my God, I can't speak, of Richard, Emily, and Lorelai. Oh, yes. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then next to them, Mufasa and what's the mother's name? Sarabi? I'm drawing a blank. And then Simba. Yeah. So like mother, so like father, mother, and son. Or spawn. I don't know. Child. What? I know. I don't. I don't see any parallels between between the Lion King and the Gilmore family. Sorry. So there's no parallels, but then the caption is Gilmore Girls with Lion King. What's your favorite Disney movie? And I feel like there's a. There's a better way to ask what's your favorite Disney movie other than putting these pictures next to each other. I know. I think that one like is a bit of an like a bit of an exaggeration. But I mean, they're not rare, right? You see things sometimes that you're like, I don't get it. No, I think some fandom cultures is like so niche or so oh, like. By the way, this is not like 
just pertaining to Gilmore Girls. Like, it happens in every fandom, right? True. Um, but I was just like, I don't get it. Yeah, I know. Some of them are some of them are just like so niche and so particular to a specific audience that it's like, who I I'm so confused. What? You yeah, know? I think that's exactly what I texted you. I was like, what is happening? Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. Well, just like upon first glance, I'm like, in what way does The Lion King resemble Gilmore Girls? That's it. Like, I need somebody to explain it to me. But, uh, but on the other hand, you know, you do you. You want to have some fun oh, with yeah. the fandom content. Yeah, like, it's not me being a bitch. I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah, we don't. Mm. And also, who, who whoever is making those, like, <laughs> those Gilmore Girls pictures of, like, two characters molded together. Oh, my God, that freaks me out. <laughs> please stop. Please stop making them. Please stop posting them. And please, people, stop sending them to us. It is very We're frightening. hiding us in them. Please stop, okay? Like, Thanks. You know, the, the fucking, the one that I can't with is the most is the gender-bending one. Uh, I know. Like, let's imagine these characters as the opposite sex. Please, no. I can't. Jess as a girl is going to haunt me forever. Thank you very much. But also, just because you put lipstick on somebody and long hair doesn't mean you turn them into a girl. Honestly, scrolling through those pictures... It reminded me of, remember in the movie E.T. when little Drew Barrymore dresses up the alien in, in, a, like, in a doll costume? Like, that's what it looked like to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't. For real. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. So in conclusion, but also, please stop sending those to us. They're really bad, you guys. They creep me out so much. <laughs> We're very frightened by them. So I'm just know sorry, that. sorry, but I can't. Good for you if you want to, but no. <laughs> so where can they follow us? They can follow us at Gilmore Podcast on Twitter and Gilmore Girls Podcast on Instagram. Hey, look, she got it right, everybody. It's only been a year in the making. Actually, it's been more than a year, but whatever. And if you want to send us an email. Please do. Gilmorepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please. And uh, I think that's it for this week. Yes, and we will see you next week with um, episode 13. Bye, guys.